bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. You want that bochinche? Si la copa está llena, yo te doy la bendición. So what if we get batches? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brush up and all. Hey, we pop, pop, and pop it off. We, we pop, pop, All pop right. The episode's about to start. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week. Um, dumb hype because I have one of my fellow Dominicana sisters on here. She is the head of Legendary Studios, okay? The funniest, if you did not know she was legendary, then you tapping into the wrong urban legends because this girl is a queen on the stage, okay? Glory, who the fuck are you? Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Well, I'm really hyped to be here today. I've been trying to do this for a second with y'all because I admire what you both are doing. So it means a lot that I'm even on your reader. Um, so I just tell people who I am and shit. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck are you? So, you know, I'm a legend. I'm a legendary comedian. I've been doing comedy for about three years. I'm like, it feels very much like climbing up the corporate ladder. Like I'm, I'm at junior right now. Like the, the higher ups, like Chris Rock, I know he sees me. I know yeah. he sees me. I know they ask like, who, who the hell is this legend? They know. Like, I'm coming up. I'm coming up. Yeah, you know, I'm. I I loved your tour of 2025. I'm in that, like that statewide that statewide tour in 2025 that you did. That's what I, <laughs> I gave um, Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams and some of my other favorites front row seats. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause I'm I'm just so I gotta see that. Like I gotta pass it on, you know. Right. But. You know, outside of that, like, you know, when you do, like, things that are, like, I guess, out of the norm or, like, anything creative, people are like, oh, you're doing all these great things. But outside of that, like, I'm a regular-ass person. I'm a really good friend. I be always, I'm that friend that my whole life is falling apart, but, bitch, I'm going to have a TED Talk for you. You're not going to give up on me, not on my watch, even though my whole shit is in shambles, okay? <laughs> That's who I am. And I just, you know, as I'm getting older, I just, I just want to make people feel good and included because... I guess now that I'm 30, I don't have, you know, I'm telling my age. I guess people after a certain age, be like, oh my God, I want to tell nobody. But throughout like my early childhood and my teens and my 20s, I went through a lot of periods of like, why do I feel like left out? Or like, why do I feel like different? Which I feel like a lot of creative people go through. Mm-hmm. And for my comedy, I'm like, yo, like let's, we're, I don't like to exclude anybody. And I like to make sure that, I heard this really good quote that kind of stick, stuck with me. Dave Chappelle said it like, when you forgive yourself for something and you go on stage and you talk about it, then people in the audience can forgive themselves. Like, it could be anything, right? Like, you know, going through like a bad breakup or quitting your job or like making mistakes. So that's that's why I do comedy. And I'm one of those positive, happy comedians. There's a lot yes. of conflicts that like, you know, everything's hard. Life is hard. But that's who I am. I'm a Gemini and I ramble. Yes, come on, Gemini. Me a good, I have to say, over the years as an adult, I have come to really adore Gemini's. I think for years, my Pisces sensitive ass could not handle the back and forth of the Gemini energy, but now I've emerged into my Pisces in a way where I'm seeing my two fishness, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So now I'm Gemini and you too. Yes. The same happened for me. I used to be like, I hate water signs. They're not emotional. Then you read your birth chart and you find that you got mad Pisces, Pisces moon, right. Pisces rising. And I'm like, you know what? I love Pisces. Right? Yes. So the same has happened for all of us. 
Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like for me, I've always attracted Gemini's and Capricorns. Those are my two like my a lot of my friends are Capricorns and a lot of my friends are, are Gemini's. Yeah, I, I would say a lot of I have a lot of water sign friends, and I used to talk mad shit about water signs. I'm like they're <laughs> sensitive, but they need understanding. You be going through your through life, I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna judge you. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. We make room for all the emotions, but I have to say, you know, your Pisces does show um, in your content in the sense of, you know, I always feel very much included. I feel like I'm a part of this like inner circle um, as I'm, you know, as I follow your social media because you're very open because you're very. But you also have close friends. I am, you know. Yes, come on, green circle. Circle, the green circle. Yes, you know, but 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 really, your the way your content speaks, and and I love. I always look. There are certain people who I look forward to hearing their commentary with stuff. So, like for example, even the inauguration when you had your commentary on J Lo doing the most, like you know what I mean. Like there's just so much that you know, glory is on it. Like you're yeah. always on it. And so it makes me feel like I'm a part of something. So it's more, to me, you're more than just a comic, right? Like you, glory is a whole experience, right? Yeah. That, that, see, you understand the brand. Some people are still learning the brand, but they get it. Because the brand is really intellectual. Like at the end of the day, it's intellectual. So you see the layers. And that's why I said you're Pisces. Like there's a lot, like, I think people and... I don't know, like, just people think they know you and they, like, it's the internet. Like, we put things on the internet, people can make a generalization, but there's so many layers and, like, deepness. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even read for, like, the world's not even, like, if you speak to me day to day, like, who, like, I don't even know you. Like, people, you know, for example, this is a really bad example, but, like, when I travel with people, people always have this expectation that I'm going to be, like, this diva and, like, oh, my God, I need my own room. I'm, like, mad adaptable. You don't get all said burden. Like, y'all do whatever y'all want to do. I don't want to, I'm just happy to be here. So like, and it's like a testament, like people have this idea of me and it's really hard to deal with, right? I know we're gonna get to, into that later, but it's like, they have this idea, even like men, like all oh, this, you know, she's a bad bitch, a savage or whatever these kids are saying. It's like, I am not like that. I'm very nice. <laughs> yeah, no problems. I love it. And you know, but I, but, but I do think that the way you resonate, resonates for a reason. It's because we don't have enough voices like ours that are resonating to the degree so you know i'm just happy that you out here and that you know the chris rocks and the dave chappelle's are paying attention to the dominican girls because the yes. are on the ride you're paying attention it better be <laughs> but even today i wrote a post about like how many dominican stand-ups do you know yeah even growing up i'm like i can't really like i know people like that are that i look up to that are now like maybe doing stand-up or like my contemporaries but like I can't say that I look up to like a Dominican stand-up. Like growing mm -hmm. up as little girls, like I don't know one. Yeah. I think also, I think that plays into like the desire to be a stand-up comic. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like because like I never, that was never something, even as creative as I was, I never was someone that was like, I want to be a stand-up comic, but it was because I didn't see anybody Absolutely. like me doing it, you know? I went to middle school. <laughs> Fucking girl from the city, right? I went to school at Broadway Center for the Arts or whatever, I forgot the name, MS44, right near stand up, the stand up comedy club. And I would pass by there. You know, you, you were in middle school, you get your, your slice of pizza with the $2 you got. Uh, <laughs> you know, just trying to be cute. You can't even afford the pizza, but it was right. It's not a Marshall. There used to be a pizza. And a slice. Yeah. Getting get one slice between you and your girl and getting right. a slice down the middle. Right, and we went on the train and you share headphones, that, you know, we just sharing here, you know? 
<laughs> I went to school in middle school near stand up, and I would see. I'm like, that's some white people shit. Like it's. And when I first saw stand up, because I didn't like, I didn't grow up watching Comic View or any of like the big comedy shows that were around. Around like I guess our time, I didn't really have access to cable like that or TV. My parents didn't watch. I didn't. Look, I didn't get to watch TV like that. So like I'm walking by, I'm like stand up for me. Comedy should be fun, but like why are they just kind of boring? So I'm like that's not, that shit is not for me. Like I got a big personality, but I got into it by mistake. I had like I don't. I always tell the story. I told my boss to suck my dick, which is so rude. And I was just, I had just had it. I'm like, yo, I don't know what the fuck. I cannot do this office life anymore. I don't know what kind of career I'm going to have because everybody's there on my fucking nerves. And I, I don't know why, but like I tried the stand-up class and people were like, oh, damn, like, wow, you're amazing. I'm like, y'all, oh, damn, like it's not that deep. And then Rachel actually gave me my first, because when you do those classes, it's just like baby classes. Like, okay, everybody, bring your friends. And I didn't, I wasn't going to take it seriously. And then Rachel was like, Oh, do you want to do a set at my show? I'm like, I'm not a real comedian. I'm like, do you know that? <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm not a real comic. Like, I did five minutes for fun, but like, I'm not, like, I'm not, this is not who I am. And I did it at her show. And that was a show that like launched. I never got off stage after that, except for the pandemic. Wow. But that was the show. So that's International Women's Day. Women yeah, Pass. Yeah, shout out to Rachel La Loca. Yo, shout out to Rachel for real. Yeah. And I think sometimes you don't realize like the impact, even just like being on the podcast or like giving any opportunity, like you don't realize like who you're opening that door for. Mm-hmm. And it's like even us being con- like content creators or people that put creativity out there, you just never know. Like somebody could be actually, I remember being, I think maybe like in high school and you got YouTube did the Latinas be like, or shit Latinas. You were definitely in college, because if you're okay, 30, okay. And you're let me tell college. you, okay. don't be aging us. <laughs> don't age us like you was in DK high school. Fuck out of here, you were in college. Let me just go back, because that's when I was in college, that's when I started learning about stand-up and comedy on the internet. And I'm like, because I wasn't trying to do no work. And I come up, and that's like when the shit everybody says, and I see the shit Latinas say, I'm like, this shit is fucking hilarious. I stay at Rainbow. Every time I pass by Rainbow, I know it's probably so annoying because you made that video like a while ago. But every time I pass by Rainbow, I just I think about it, right? Pretty it's good. Never yeah. I, I, okay, so that never gets <laughs> You know, seeing myself and Julissa, I'm definitely that friend. And like you're like, nunca sabe. It's just like it's so funny. And like you never know the impact that you have on other people. Like it's like this is out there. Maybe I can put that I do shop at Rainbow in Peace, you know? So like I said, you never know like who you're inspiring or like when when everything crosses paths. Well, let's get on to our brunch questions, Gloria Lise. When you go out to brunch with the girls, what is your go-to brunch bebida? Oh, mimosa. Absolutely. Classic. Yeah, classic. I'm a classic lady. Yes, classic. And I'm unlimited. Oh, yes. Must be unlimited. So then when you are out to brunch with the girls, what is your go-to brunch at plate? I really try to stay away, but it's like if we're already out, we might as well do chicken and waffles. Like let's just go. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go ham. You know? I'm a chicken and waffles kind of girl. 
I love some real chicken and waffles, but juicy chicken, because sometimes these brunch spots be throwing it on the menu and then you eat it and the chicken dries fuck. Right. And also like like don't give me like uh don't give me like uh like a chicken tender. Yeah, I, I want like these people be out here giving tenders that was frozen. <laughs> don't I think we're talking about the same spot. <laughs> we're talking about the same spot. A lot of the spots, they think a lot of the unlimited spots, their their, their little gag is they think they get you drunk enough to, so that you won't care how the food tastes. Oh, I care. I'm a big bitch. I like to yes. eat. I'm here for the food too. You ain't food. Yes. And I also like the white. I like the white meat. I know I'm a disgrace, but I'm a, I'm a breast kind of girl. I could do a breast. I like a breast. Okay. I don't do. I just don't like like dark meat or like the thigh. I just. I like the, I'm a I'm an equal opportunity chicken lover, so I like all pieces. I like that. That's what we need for brunch, right? So, so Glory, tell us what it was like uh, going out to eat when you were growing up. So it's so funny you ask that question because when you asked me, I I don't really remember going out to eat with my family, and if I did, it's like yo, y'all about to embarrass the shit out of me. Like I'm <laughs> talking so loud. You know what I do remember? My dad would always take us to this Chinese buffet in New Jersey, but he would, I thought my dad was, was killing it with the money because he invited everybody in the family. Mine was like a $12 entry, eat all you can eat. He right? Like, right, I'm like, yo, my dad is rich. Come to the buffet. And crab legs, be having you all fucked up in the head. But I can't, like, I really can't remember doing, like, family outing. Like now, like sometimes, I don't know if you're doing this, but like it will have us, like a Mother's Day or whatever, I'm like family. Let's go out to brunch. They have this this dinner where you can eat a little bit cheaper, but nice. Let's go do that as a family. And they still be acting up. My grandma, she was singing at the table. I'm just like, girl. Okay. I love that. <laughs> and I and I think and we talk about this sometimes, just about the evolution of going out to eat. How like because when we were younger, we had very little control. The experiences were very varied. But like as adults now, it's almost like. The things we didn't love when we went out when we were younger are the things we make sure do not fucking happen. Embarrass <laughs> <laughs> me. What is going on? One credit card. Like I'm really big on that. If I guess it, this conversation is never gonna like end. Like who pays for dinner? But it's like if I'm with my friends, like I'm not about to embarrass. Like we're gonna do. If we're gonna split the check, we're gonna be cute. Like we're gonna act like we done this before. You know, almost like rapido. Let's yes. Y'all be like I. It's one thing to split the check, and it's one thing to be like, all right, it's 7238. Bitch, if you don't fucking round this shit up, but everybody's different. Right. Like, I, I guess maybe it's me because like I grew up pretty poor. Like, I don't wanna, I don't want the people to know that I don't have it. But I also used to be a waitress. So I used to be you mad judging. Like, if I see a girl and a guy in a date and the girl pays, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Uh -uh. <laughs> but when you're a waitress, you're just like, you see like how people handle money. I'm like, all right. All right, I see y'all. This guy really needs it. Or you know, you could tell, but I try not to be judgy. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So tell us what's your favorite bochincha topic to discuss over a meal. Let me think about that. You know, maybe like my exes. Like maybe yeah. like, you know, like yes. You and me ex conversation. It's some dumbass that made a mistake in my inbox right on time for brunch. Yeah. Um, guess who hit me up? Ah. <laughs> Guess what? I'm not surprised. And that's what we talk about. I'm, I'm really bad at gossip. Like, it gotta be real good gossip. Like, somebody's pregnant for me to even talk about it. Like, I just, because I just know people gossip about me all the time. So I try not to pass it on. That's good karma. 
that's good karma. Sometimes, you know, it's just life updates. I call them life updates. Yeah, and that's a better angle. So now we are moving into our cheers to the ladies two section where we cheer people doing dope shit. And today is International Women's Day. So shout out to the fucking ladies. Cheers. Yes. And that includes trans women because trans women are women. I'm not having any of this shit. There was some bum bitch on my Facebook who we went to high school with that wanted to post a picture of herself holding stickers up that said trans women are men and she can go fuck herself. Isabella, whatever the fuck her name is. We went to school with her, which is why I screenshotted it and posted on all my social media. We know her? Because I saw the post. I just didn't know we knew her. Yeah, no, she's a LaGuardia alum, so trans women, that includes you. Right, of all the schools, of all the fucking queer-friendly schools. That ass, like, come on. You can't have gone to LaGuardia that's known as lesbian and gay. Right. L-A-G. L-A-G. We had such a huge queer community. (laughs) Period. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. I'm sorry. It's really And And I think, like, like, for me, what excites me about celebrating International Women's Day. Obviously, all women are included in this fucking space, so fuck that bitch. But, like, I think what excites me the most is that now that the world has really gotten hip to or is starting to get hip to the fact that the definition of woman doesn't look one way, women who, even if they're quote-unquote cis women, who have been in the folds of their womanhood because they're not a woman considered or they don't follow the gender norms, now have more space also. So because of the bravery of other communities that you know, need to re- literally push themselves in because people are keeping them out. Now people within our own community can start to say, yeah, women looks different. And by the way, we're not just talking organs here. We're talking about things we love, experience, the way we swag out. It's completely mm-hmm. different. So in this age, I feel like, you know, my biggest joy in being a woman is to know that being a woman is simply an energy. It's mm-hmm. either tapping into my feminine energy, right, that lives in me. And perhaps, yes, I have organs that associate with that energy, but it's just an energy. And so I also have masculine energy. And so it balances out my womanhood in a way where I no longer feel like if I'm not doing certain things, I'm less than a woman. It's like, oh, I'm a woman aunt. I'm a woman Mm -hmm. aunt. It's something that I've learned uh, over the years. So I've I've been thinking about what it means to be a woman. And I'm just like, sometimes, you know, like, most of the time, 99% of the time, I go on social media and I just be looking at my page like, how can I change that aesthetic? I promise you, that's what I'll be doing. But some of the time, I'll be seeing like some posts. I'm like, wow, like she's so feminine. Like I, maybe I need to do more. Like I need to learn how to do better makeup or like how to lay my baby hairs better. Like, am I giving out good feminine energy? Like having these dumbass questions where it's like, like you said, it's like, it's about like an experience. I've been like on Pinterest, like looking up Feminine, feminine energy versus that because now like when it goes into tiktok they be talking about it i'm like okay feminine energy receiving i could do that i'm yeah. a woman i can receive send me some memo <laughs> yes. so i think we all kind of like ask ourselves like kind of questions like how can i be more feminine or whatever and i saw your you know like you said you'd be following people i've been following to you too julissa and you were posting about like how sometimes coming into like that sexiness Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? 
You've been with pictures, but like, I, nobody's looking at my shit. I was looking. I'm <laughs> Like, I'm trying to act sort of because we on the podcast, and I'm like, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and we're talking about, like, and I thought about it too. I'm like, you know, I know we're skipping around a little bit, but sometimes as a comic, I'm like, can I even show some titties? Because people are so immature and they start like neglecting the fact that you have this talent, but it's like you put your titties out. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to put a third, because I also have a dating life. Mind your fucking business. Right. Right. And I literally like, I think my journey into this part of my womanhood, like where I do, you know, my stories, I do have my titties damn near out under bed and I am doing that stuff is actually a very shocking flip for people who've known me the majority of my life. Right. Because Mm -hmm. like even throughout high school, like I was in this really open and alternative space, but I was a very reserved, I was a good Dominican daughter. Mm -hmm. Put it that way. I was very Dominican daughter who was always in line, had the good grades, dressed appropriately, wouldn't go to the parties and start that now unless no parents were around. I was friends in high in, in high school. That sounds like me. We could have been good friends. Right. We probably about my, my demise. Right. You know, and I just, you know, I feel like, and then I went to college and that's when I discovered I was Afro Latina. And I was like, oh, so I am black like I thought. And I'm not just trying to fit in with African Americans. I am black. Right. And then I went through this whole revolution of like my racial identity. And now that I'm so sure of that, it's kind of like I spat out at the end and I'm like, okay, so then what kind of woman am I? And that question always felt so weighted. And I'm like, well, why is there need to be a framework? I, let me just, mm-hmm. I just exist. And so like, I am a very sexually charged person just because I'm not sexually charged in the way that people package sexual women. That doesn't mean I'm not a sexually charged woman, but also I'm just relaxed, right? So if I, mm-hmm. I sleep naked, relax home. You know, like, so if I wake up and I have a thought in the morning and I'm under my fucking covers, then yeah, you know, you could, you could either watch and listen to my words or you can watch and try to see if my nipple slips, regardless, you're, you're paying attention, right? Mm-hmm. So like, but I didn't say I was trying to show you my titties. I'm saying, I said, what the fuck I said, you take with you whatever the fuck you want to take. And so I think that energy, I'm trying to put it into every area of my work. It's like, I'm going to do my job. What you take from the work I do is what you took from the work because of where you were at. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. People always project like how they feel onto you. Yeah. People think I be that and about them. People be out here thinking that I got men in my DMs. When I tell you my DMs are dry, you would think I'd have a flood of people chasing me. Like, my DM is just filled with messages that I have never gotten back to. And I've <laughs> been giving up. Like, you know what? I, every day I'll be like, user sent on a set message. I'm like, oh yeah, I promise I was going to get back. <laughs> that's like the internet perception everybody like i think it's it's important to have a balance of like there's there's real life and on instagram it's entertainment even if it's educational like it's still a form of entertainment or some kind of information you should not take it as the end all be all right yeah so. and just going back to like like that whole feminine energy for me i feel like for me i've always identified so strongly with feminine energy being like an effeminate gay guy from you know the Bronx or whatever and obviously that was like a battle becoming comfortable with it but the reality for me was being more feminine and stepping into that energy was where I found the confidence to like kind of be who I wanted to be and be as unapologetic as I wanted to be so like I'd always like love to pay homage to all the women in my life that have like affected me because I've also grew up with mad aunts, mad girl cousins, and always had girl friends, you know? Um, So I think that that's something that's 
very powerful to honor. Um, I wish that like more males were able to kind of honor that because I feel like we wouldn't go through the toxic masculinity that we go through or deal with because men are so uncomfortable like honoring that part of them. Um, and yeah, shout out to the ladies. I just wanted to say that. Dad, I think it's important to, like you were saying, Julissa, and you were saying Spittles, like there is a balance of energy that people forget. We both, we have both feminine and masculine energy. And sometimes like you'd maybe tap more into the other, but there is room for everybody to tap Absolutely. into the energy. Like I think sometimes some of the issues I've had in my previous relationship was like, I had a lot of masculine energy. Like, what are we doing? What are the deadlines? Like, yo, Matt, but that, I'm an alpha female. Like, I like to, I need to know what's going on. Even me doing stand-up, sometimes I feel like it is a little bit of a masculine energy where you have this boldness to go out there. So I think that there should be space. And like, I think sometimes people have these like really strong and constricted views and outdated where it's like, there's space for you to have feminine energy. Like you boiling all this anger is not going to be helpful to nobody. Just cry mm -hmm. in peace. Even though I don't know if that's like feminine or whatever, but just, let's just try to explore. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, oh, sorry. No, no, I was going to say the point is, is like, whether it is mask or femme, the idea is that there's a reason we have both is that regardless of whether you're in a moment of about to cry and you're a woman about to do it or you're a man about to do it or you're genderqueer about to do it, is the act of release is important, mm -hmm. right? And whether you feel that that is going to come out in a feminine way or a masculine way, the point is that it gets the fuck out. And so mm -hmm. to put crying in one person's category, to put violence in, in, in a masculine, you know what I mean? Like the way, girl, I be fuck with me in the wrong way, I snap, right? And I don't necessarily think it's a masculine snap, but I fucking snap, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the more that we take away certain behaviors with genders and just understand that the gender can influence the way the performance of the thing comes out, that that'll help us clear up a lot of shit. Because let me tell you, bottom line is, there's a lot of men out here who want to get their ass ate, who are too scared to get their motherfucking ass ate because, okay, because they they think that that's feminine energy, but they need to spread, you know, lay back, open your fucking legs, get your asshole ate, live your life. Right? Yeah. Life. Oh, God. <laughs> bottom line for me. <laughs> Yo, she says bottom line. That's so funny. We're going to talk about sex later, right? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> We are definitely talking about sex later. Oh, can I have some? Okay. And now we're going to move into our Tuta Loca Es section, where we call out motherfuckers who are doing the most. So, oh, wow. this podcast, we out here. We out here. here. So, I saw clips of the Harry and Meghan interview with Auntie Oprah, mm -hmm. and wow, more white people doing more racist shit, but at a higher level interesting i wasn't surprised at all but i think glory uh something that you surfaced when we were sort of getting ready for the episode about gaslighting is mm -hmm. really at the center of what's happening here so i'd love to hear your thoughts a little bit about that perspective yeah when i saw um i, I didn't see the whole interview but i did see parts of it and when i saw the parts that kind of came out where like even megan was addressing the fact that she had suicidal thoughts or like that people were asking her about like the color of her baby I was just thinking about like sometimes the reason why I brought up the gaslighting was because there was this former housewife, Bethany Frankel, who was like, at first, like, you know what, she's just kind of whiny, whatever. And it's like, how dare you invalidate somebody else's experience? You may not get it, but if somebody says that I feel suicidal or like my most importantly, 
my feelings are hurt, shut the fuck up. Who yeah. are you to tell somebody that their feelings, because at the, at the root of all this is just feelings are hurt. You had these expectations that you were going to be embraced into this family and you already are going in there feeling other. And mind you, Meghan Markle, you know, she is biracial. So it's not like, I'm not taking away from the fact that maybe. No, I hear you, but that she's not. And again, it's not about her. It's more about them. Like, damn, you can't even take somebody who's quote unquote. Right. You, you, you have right. And you still got it. Like what? Like, so. Uh, one drop rule. Right. So I feel like you're already feeling other and you really feel like you have to do the most. Cause like you love this man, but now you gotta impress the whole monarchy. Like, you know what, what kind of pressure that is? Like we all we gotta do over here is impress the mom making the food. Like I hope you let me help you. She gotta learn rules and shit. It was a lot. So I just felt like seeing Bethany's comment, like, and then she apologized, but it's like you don't get to gas like gaslighting is like you don't maybe because you have privilege you don't see it, but it, it's a thing that exists. And it's like I'm trying to speak to you, and now I'm on this platform, and you still got questions about it. I'm a slap. I'm a slap shot. Like Megan Markle is a better woman than I am because I would have I would have snuffed Bethany. But it's about the fact that I brought it up because when I was before I was a comedian, I used to work in marketing. And like, you know, when you're when you're like the person behind like the imagery that gets pushed out on social media or the language, like a lot of people don't, when they think of social media, they think, oh, you're just posting. There's a whole strategy that lives behind these brands when you're trying to market to certain people. Like there's this whole sentiment that you're, sometimes you're the only person in that room and you're trying to explain them like, you can't say shit like this. And people make you feel like you're crazy or super sensitive. Or like even sometimes when I would have moments where like, if I wore my hair a certain way, like the client like wouldn't really make eye contact with me. And I'm telling my boss about it. And they're just like, you're just being sensitive. And sometimes you have to like, you ask yourself like, yo, am I bug, am I bugging? <laughs> like, am I like, when you're in those spaces, because there's like this fine line of like professionalism and it's like, you fake low-key being racist. Like mm -hmm. low-key, and people don't know, like I'm in a much better place, but when I was in that in that place, like I was just angry all the time. I would have to go, I love my job. I love what I was doing, but I like, I kind of forget like how stressed I would be going into the office. Like having to make sure my hair was a certain way, spending more time on the weekends to straighten my hair so that I wouldn't have a rough week with the client. One time, I came back from Morocco, and I don't feel like doing my hair, so I put my, I put my hair back on, and my boss would always comment on it, like, mind your fucking business. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that gaslighting is real, and it happens in different regards, and when you're a person of privilege, sometimes you can't see outside of yourself, and you were, like, people being sensitive. No, racism is still real, and if it wasn't real, they wouldn't have asked her what color would the baby be. Yeah, that's why. It was. Because if it wasn't that big a deal, then nobody should be hiding behind their motherfucking comments. Right, like if it was Prince William, just say that. Right, right. If it was, you know, Miss 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 Elizabeth. You I, know. Heard I heard it wasn't Queen Elizabeth, though. I think it was Prince Charles or Prince William. I, I believe it was one of the men's. Yeah, I think it was one I of them. I believe that. And they probably uh, say, like, you know how they be doing, like, just talking over whiskey, like, oh, Henry. What, what's his name, Harry? <laughs> And it's like, that's not okay. <laughs> I'm going to be a part of this man, Henry, my bad. But yeah, I, I get what I'm saying. So a hundred percent. And basically like in the interview, there was a part where <laughs> Harry was basically saying, I'm just grateful my wife isn't fucking dead like they did my mother. Like yes. he, he basically was like, I'm just glad they didn't kill the bitch. And that I'm here sitting on Oprah. Like, yeah. 
It was, I didn't, I also didn't watch it, but I like saw what Twitter was going on about it. I saw this whole thread of like how black Twitter was reacting to it. And I, that was one thing that stood out to me was they were saying that even in this interview where Meghan Markle was receiving all this like, you know, negative, um, uh, this disrespect from the from the monarchy or whatever, that even in the interview, she was still respectful and like not naming names and 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 doing all that. And um, what's his name? Harry? Henry? Harry. Harry was like, nope, this bitch said it. Da -da -da. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would be shook. I'll be and that's what happens when you're dealing with people of power. It can be in any any relevance, like the monarchy or HR at your job. You're afraid to speak up. And often like I knew as a person of color, as a black Latina, that if I spoke up, I would be on everybody's radar. After I said that I was experiencing racism, they try to make it seem like I was the problem. I would be in HR every week and they would say like, oh, it's confidential. And I'm just like trusting these people, the power. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up being like, you know what? You just gotta go, you're the problem. I'm the problem? So, yeah. and I think a lot, of, I, I know that I'm not ever gonna get this credit, but when everything was happening in the summer and everybody was like, these brands were standing um, in solidarity and um, if within their own institutions, they had issues. I reached out to my old company. I was like, y'all racist. And because I knew there were people there that wouldn't speak up. And I know what it is to be like, you're making all this money, but you don't want to lose your job. Like, I was making six figures, but I'm like, y'all freaking my mental health. Like, y'all are making me seem like I'm crazy. So I, it's, it's, it's probably the same thing for Megan, but on a bigger scale. Like, you have this opportunity, and for you to speak out on it, like, People are gonna like, how dare you not want to be a princess? But it's like your mental health, I don't give a fuck who, what, whatever is much more important than the legacy of people that aren't even looking out for you. Or exactly. Period. Period. Right. Period. A hundred percent. Well, I just wish, you know, I wish her luck. I wish her son luck. You know, at the end of the day, like, I feel like what this shows us is that racism is not solved with money. Um, racism, you have all the money in the world, but the experience of being marginalized is a fucking traumatizing experience, period. Um, and it would take you not caring about yourself and your identity and your community um, in a way that's harmful though. Not like, oh, I don't care what people think, but like not caring to the point that you don't care that you're being disrespected in order to survive in a world like that and enjoy it. And clearly she's not people... to be disrespected, which is, what she, it, which is right. She shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. um, so royalty is royal. Not all that glitters is fucking gold. Right. And like, I think some people are still battling with that, right? Like, I think it's easy to be in positions, like maybe if you're like a freelance or you're creative and you just do it, and you, when you're creative, like, I'm not gonna take these roles because that's not, I don't like what that represents. When you're working and you're like the head of these companies and like people are looking to you, I think sometimes people compromise. And, and that's just the truth. And I'm just, I've seen it. I'm like, I know damn well you did not sell your soul to try to get this promotion. But it's like, when it's 250 rack, yep. <laughs> like, I mean, so yeah, it's still obviously like things that we need to work on. Yeah. Well, she'll be I. I really do believe she'll be I. You know. Oh, she has Tyler Perry. She has Tyler Perry Studios now. They shoot. They probably shooting some shit. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like Tyler. Tyler Perry get into this. <laughs> Tyler yeah. Perry is always gonna make a dime where he can make a motherfucking dime. Yo, I saw I saw a tweet that was like, if you would have told me that Tyler Perry and Oprah would be the cause of like the downfall of the monarchy, I would like, like. <laughs> 
what else is 2021 gonna bring? You know? <laughs> we started at the beginning. We started last March. That's what I'm saying. I saw the tweet that somebody said they gotta make Medea go to Buckingham. I was like, I'm not. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> delete the account. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> Love it. Ooh, this looks good. Oh my God, this is delicious. I definitely want to taste that. All right. All right. So now we're going to move into our plate of the day. Yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I'm funnier than you. So we want to talk about, we want to dig deeper into your experience as a comic. Yes, a Black comic. Yes, a Latinx comic. Yes, all the fucking bags of identities and things that you wear in one that not only influence your jokes and, and what you're delivering, but also shapes your experience and the way that you tackle the grind of your, you know, your evolution in this career. So um, I wanted to hear about what your relationship was with comedy before you were a comic, how it evolved into you becoming a comic, um, and your, just your general perceptions about comedy in general, which you did touch on a little bit when we were talking about, um, but I'd love to unpack a little more. Yeah, so I didn't grow up like, you know, I, to be, I'm embarrassed. Like I didn't see Delirious or Raw until like last year. Like that's, that's where I'm in comedy, right? And it's scary because like when you're out on the streets, like these are people that like have studied comedy and are, are out there doing it. And one thing that I am grateful, even though, I was late to the game of studying. I think what happens with a lot of comics, they find a comic they like and they try to mimic them. And then you start seeing that they don't have their own individual like persona. So I think that's something that worked in my favor because I'm not looking. Like I'm like, oh, I wanna be like Eddie Murphy. Let me do this joke like that, right? I'm okay. literally on stage talking my shit. And I think that um, it makes me feel insecure sometimes. But um, one of the things like that is, that was interesting in my relationship with comedy before where I am now was that I don't feel like I had a voice in my relationships, right? So I'm like, whenever I, what, the first comedy special that I saw was Kevin Hart, right? And it was, I think, maybe um, seriously funny or I'm a little romantic, right? And I saw it with my ex-boyfriend at the time and he's talking about the relationship dynamics and I'm just sitting here like, baby, you hear what he's saying? Like, you be heard about feelings sometimes. And I didn't have the voice to say, but I'm hoping this comic goes there so that I can, he can say what I'm, so he can say what I'm trying to say to my man. You ain't shit, stop cheating on me, you know? So that's, when I think about my relationship with comedy, I feel like these comics and creators in general are saying what I want to say, but I'm too afraid to say. And I think, it makes sense that like, sometimes I get labeled as like a little bit too put together in comedy. Cause you have to think about, I'm coming from, I left my job, I left a six figure job and I was mad at white people. And that's what triggered my career. It wasn't like I'm over here, like really looking into like the theories and the things that happen in comedy. I'm just like, I'm mad. I love my job and I had to lose it because somebody that thought was my ally threw me under the bus. So I'm and it's funny to, on stage, but when I was living through it and like putting my five, my six figure job in the moment, I was like, I'm about to be a broke bitch. I'm yeah. about to be a broke bitch because I stood up for myself. So now I feel like I'm able to talk to people that have these jobs or like want to quit or like don't know what they want to do in their lives. And I'm able to talk for you. I'm like, baby, you don't have to say anything. I'm going to say it for you. Like recently, my new thing at the comedy shows have been to acknowledge that I wasn't supposed to be. And I'll be like, girl, I'm gonna ask your man, is he cheating on you for you? 
So I'm asking the father, he's like, are you cheating? Are you buying her a house? And it's just funny because it's like, I think the comedy experience is bigger than just a person on stage. It's a conversation that happens after. Like, you're like, oh, I like what she was saying about the whole cheating thing. Have you ever cheated? And it, it just opens a floodgate for another conversation. So I think that's what my relationship was before. And I'm starting to understand that's like my job. Because, you know, I'm still pretty young into this. So I'm just like, okay, I have to make people laugh. But I saw recently um, Patrice O'Neill, his special. Again, I'm at late. And it's a really good special, Elephant in the Room. He talks about a lot of shit that is not PC. But I think he's a really good comic in that. I think it's one thing to say to not be PC, but then not be funny. Because you have hatred in your heart. Yes. And I think that's what a lot of people have get misconstrued. It's like, if you're going to say something that is incorrect, you need to make sure it's funny so that there's a dialogue that's constructive, right? So like a joke that he said on the special was like, we need National Harassment Day. Cause like, you're coming to work. I know it sounds crazy. Like you're coming to work and your titties are out. And it's like, how am I gonna work with your titties? You know, and it was like really, it's really a little incorrect, but like the way that he brought it back together, I thought was kind of genius. But you know, everybody, I, I think that there needs to be a little bit of room for like not PC, but if you, you have to be funny and you can't do it from a malicious place. It's like, I think he did it from a place where it's like, I'm, I don't even know how to navigate this. So I think that's what kind of came through in the joke. Yeah. So um, I don't know, I rambled on, but that's my relationship with comedy. I'm, I'm still learning, I'm still a student and I'm very yeah. excited of this phase. So I'm excited. Like people be like, "Oh, you've been doing so much. Wait till I get good. Like I'm not even good." Yes, I, I love that. Wait till, Wait I, till I get good. Right, because like I saw his special, and what I liked about it was that it felt like it was a conversation. So I'm watching this like with a guy, and he's bringing up shit, and I'm like, "Maybe pause this. You ever did that?" So <laughs> you catch him, right? And you know, you're in a moment of happiness. Like it's not like. You, I guess it's like the defenses were down. So it's like, we're laughing. Okay, you laughing, I'm laughing too. Did you do that shit? Right. Do you relate? But did you do it? You didn't right. ask you, relate, you laughed a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is funny to you. <laughs> I can't laugh. Why are you laughing so hard? Right. So I, like, I don't like just quick sidebar when when male comics then start making fun of women and how their women react when they go out. And then the, and then the guys turn the table and they'll be like, yep, that's you, that's you. And I'm like, that's right, you fucking me. And what? And you better not be, I'll be quick. But that's the point of comedy, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of to mirror up and be like, hey, this is what you fucking look like. And this is what you sound like. And that's what, you know, not to bring it back to astrology, that's what Pisces people do. That's what Gemini's do. They give you a mirror. So it's like, I think that, a lot of like my, like I've had a lot of issues in like my friendships, not anymore, but like in my 20s. And people will get mad at me because I'm literally giving you the energy you're giving me. And it's like, mm-hmm. if I, and that also um, translates to the audience. Like sometimes I'll do a show the same space, but the audience really matters in how your set goes. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be vibing and you never know, like a new joke could come through. Like I'll be vibing with somebody. I can just tell like their energy, whatever. And then the other shows, just like, it feels like a job. Like, it's like, okay, y'all doing laugh at something, you know? I know these jokes work. I've said it 20, 100 times. Right? <laughs> like, and some people are, like, a little, I guess, more harder to make laugh. But sometimes people don't laugh, and they come to you after the show, like, you were great. I'm like, bitch, why you didn't yeah. laugh? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like sometimes I'm that audience member where, like, like, sometimes somebody will be mad funny, and I'm not audibly laughing, but I'm like, 
you know, like, ah, that was, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, that was funny. Oh, that was funny. And then like, I feel like, you know, like when you're, you're mad funny, if you get like an audible, like, ha, 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 out of me. Like, but just because I don't laugh doesn't mean you wasn't funny. No, I, I feel like, and now that I think about it as an audience member, I'm not like a big, like, laugh. I'm like, oh my God, like, I'll say that. And I used to be like, I open mics and say that. And like, people get really offended. Like, why you have a comment for everything? I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm experiencing joy. And I think, I think that's a good segue to even talk a bit about what is your community's response to your creative expression? So when you're on stage and you're out here, like, and even when outside of them being in the physical audience, even experiencing your social media and other things, like what are, what's some of the feedback and responses you get? So I'm actually, sometimes I feel like I do struggle with my own community, like only because I feel like, and not in a bad way, I feel like they're pushing me to go deeper, right? And I think when I saw, when the pandemic happened, before the pandemic, like, I was doing a lot of like whole jokes and like things that were kind of like easier because it's just like, I had built a set, I learned the, the formula for that set and I was comfortable there. But this pandemic really reset everything and had forced me to address things that I haven't been addressed. And a lot of that I'm realizing has to be after leveling back, right? Like, and I think it's very, the position that I'm in is very tricky and very challenging because a lot of people will be like, okay, you're Dominican, but you're not like the other Dominicans that think they're race, that are racist, but you black, but why are you like that? Why are you in a black sorority? Like, talk to me about who you are. And it's like, I'm, I'm getting to the place where I'm starting to explain. And even sometimes I find in our own community, like a lot of Afro-Latinas that I can see why there can be problematic. Like, it's like, like you were saying, Julissa, this is not something that it's like, oh, you know what? Like, I could be that. It's like, I've always felt this way. I just didn't have a word for it. And now I have a word and I feel like I'm not taking space from someone that I care about, but yeah. I still get to live in my own, um, like I still get to make a, a way, but not take space. Like sometimes I think about like, what does that look like when these opportunities from Hollywood are coming in? And I'm like, they cast me as like a black African-American woman. It's like, is that gonna be problematic? Even though I do consider myself black, right. but it's like, I don't ever wanna take the space from someone else, but then mm -hmm. I'm left with the, the Latinx media. And there's a lot of times where I feel like I'm being embraced more, but I do feel like it's a challenge. It's like, I have to be exceptional. Like, you know what, that's, that's that Dominican standup and they put me on, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's just like, that's why I'm really big on creating your own opportunities because I never want to get in the way of anything. I'm like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm gonna make legendary studios. I'm gonna put my friends in it. You as a community make what you want out of it. But I never want to be a person taking someone's place. Mm -hmm. I, yeah no and I I think that that's beautifully articulated I, I think I've struggled with articulating exactly what you just said is that the relief of the word was not oh I'm smarter now and I'm more educated it's a oh and now I don't have to feel guilty anymore yeah. <laughs> I don't have to feel weird about knowing who I am in a way it's 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 really important and I and it, and it leads me to my next question of like what your first impressions were of what black women in comedy were supposed to be like because I know like for me growing up like a the visibility of black female comics was less and not because they didn't exist but because a lot of my entryway to listening to stand-up comedy on tv was like watching like you know sitting behind my brother when he had his boys over and I wasn't supposed to be in the room but I really wanted to watch the specials and stuff like that and I'd sneak around and they as men were not 
like watching Monique stand up. So there were mm-hmm. nobody was watching Robin Sykes. Like some of these comics who I know who I only learned because of television, right? And so when I think of some of these black comics, I think of them and I think of their TV personas. And so like Nikki Parker is Monique in my head, yes. right? And so many years of getting to know her out, you know, as an older person who can receive her comedy, because for some of those specials, I was too young to understand, right? But I think my perception of the power of women in comedy was very eclipsed. I didn't realize the power of the Black comic on stage until much later on in life. So I'm just curious for you going into it as a Black woman, like what was your impression of what being a Black female comic was supposed to be like? I feel like when I think about it, I feel like Black women still don't get the credit that they deserve Mm-hmm. being on stage and I think a lot of the time people associate like oh black women always talk about sex what's wrong with that like a lot of I spoke about this on another podcast like a lot of the white girls always talk about like pegging men or doing other things like why is it so vilified that we talk about sex I personally like I always have the struggle like should I talk about like sucking dick whatever because everyone thinks I'm going to do it anyways but it's like that's part of the experience and it's also like when I started doing comedy, I realized I was forgiving myself for a lot of things that happened in my 20s. And I was like, I didn't get to enjoy this shit because men were like, you can't, you can't enjoy it. But it's like, it's my life, you know? So it's like, it's, they should be able to talk about it. And I also think it's like, when I see some of the women that there are so many Black women in comedy that don't have visibility yet, that I know that when they get put on, it's going to be like, wow, like this woman exists. Like I've, I've seen women that, like they just have this great storytelling ability. And it's like, I want to be like her. Like someone that I think about is Shatara Curry. I know like people may or may not know her, but she is so like the way she does her storytelling is just phenomenal. It's just so fun. It's like, I want to fucking be her friend. I mean, she's someone that I look up to and I talk to here and there, but it's like, I just think that black women are still vilified. And I think Mm -hmm. that's my perception of when I think about the black comic. And I think we, I think all of us have this whole struggle. Like, can I be embrace my sexiness and also be a comedian? Mm. I mean, more like people create this space for women to, to be able to do both, but men still be annoying. Like it's so mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, and especially because they think they can do what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a few guys that be like, oh yeah, I could be a comic. Don't make me block you. You're not funny. <laughs> it's, it's really a gift. Like this is. It is, like comedic timing is not something that I don't think you could learn. And you can kind of tell like when you see stand-up where it's like, okay, this person really is doing a great job at doing their homework. But then there's just people that get on stage and you're like, yo, that was a great conversation. You forgot they were performing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, I don't know if I answered the question. I just think there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of black comics that are just amazing. Like people that I see all the time and I'm just like, I want to be like y'all like and I feel like when it comes to the comedy game and even part of the reason why I'm in a black sorority black women have always looked out for me they'd be like you know let's bring you over here because you need some guidance and I don't I feel like sometimes I do feel like with the Latinx community it has to be like oh this person is getting all this notoriety let's also claim her like y'all want to bring them to my wing and I'm sure that there are comics that bring certain other comics under their wing but it's like I don't want to have to wait to be this great thing when you could have, like, I've had conversations with women. They call me, we talk for an hour. They're like, in, in, like amazing women that have toured with like 
Chris Rock or other people and they sit and they talk to me for an hour of their time and day to be like, this is what I went through in comedy. I want to just pass this off to you, do whatever you want. And it's like, I'm amazed. It's like, you don't even know who I am. Oh my God. So it's like, I, I always, that's, and I feel like that's, I feel like when I think of Afro-Latini bad, that's what I want to be able to do. Like, I want to live and be proud of my Dominican background, but I also want to make sure that I make space for the Black women that have been there for me. Because I know that a lot of people, they are there, my whole team, I have like a team that we create skits and we're working on um, digital stuff, all Black women. Like, so I hope I answered the question. I no, you yes. did. And I think, and it's something that, while you were speaking, that sort of came up for me in sort of digging into the nuance of blackness from the Dominican lens is that I remember one time I went to see a comedy show in LA um, and actually Sasha was in it. Sasha Mercy was oh, in I love it. That's my baby. It was like, there was a few um, folks in there and it was funny because first of all, like she did come and she fucking cleared the set. Like she like killed it, was one of the funniest people there. But then for the majority of the show, what it was, was, you know, Dominican men taking up space. And I think two things. One, the way that Dominicans speak in general is a comedy. Like we in yeah. storytelling, like I'm not a comic, but I'd be mad funny sometimes just talking, but I'm not trying to do stand up. I'm just talking. And that's just the animation that I grew up seeing from any and everybody who was around me, who was Dominican, right? So, you know, there's this like natural charm that men come into right away, but oftentimes, even on, and now I'm talking off stage, women do not have the same space to have that sort of tongue and be cheeky in certain circles where there's enough men who are taking up that spotlight. You know what I mean? And so- around Dominican men, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Like even like there's this, this show that I do um, kind of like every week in front of this Dominican barbershop. And at first, like, I feel like the men were like, all right, she's cute, funny. But then what the way that I calibrated my brain is like, you can't do what I do. You can't even get up on the stage. You're a man. You can't get up here. Right. You can't, like, you know, so it's like, I don't let the shit bother me. I'm like, whatever. And it's giving me all this confidence. Like I go in circles. I'm like, I don't care. Like, and, but you have to think about it. That's back to like the energy that people are like, that we're talking about. It's like, it's this like idea of what you think this person's supposed to be. But deep down, this person's really insecure. Like, right. and you can see that from stage. Like even as an audience member, when you look at the person performing, you can literally see, and I think that's what makes you like, like a comic or not. You can yeah. see their aura. You can see their insecurities. They're masking it with jokes, but they're insecure up there. Everybody that does perform like you have some kind of insecurity you know mm -hmm. it's like you can be all this machismo shit you want to do but it's like i know as a human being you want to be home yeah that's what you want yeah <laughs> yeah but i don't like i totally it's it's hard and honestly like i've done a few i feel like i've done shows for my dominican community in controlled environments mm. and i think so like for example when i was doing some culture it's like yeah it's a dominican show but we controlled that environment because it was like okay we're gonna have an open bar y'all gonna be lit so less judgy and we're gonna invite like it's the lineup is gonna be such a way where it's like i know you're gonna have a good time mm -hmm. i haven't I, I haven't done like a show where it's like i've been invited to i guess maybe like room 28 counts where i've been invited and i didn't have the control of that thing 
To be honest, I'm just so scared of performing in front of like the Dominican community specifically because I I feel like not Dominican enough sometimes, right? It's like mm. I know what I am. My name is Gurelli, but that's all that I need for my culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very it is it is a very Dominican name. <laughs> community, but like sometimes people don't even know that I'm Dominican. They don't believe me. I'll be at the supermarket. You're like, you're Dominican. See, let me the fuck in. You know. <laughs> So I think that like, and I sometimes feel like the level of comedy that I'm trying to do is a little bit more intricate. I can't say that word, but that is no, no, yeah, it's not surface. Like I don't want to talk about. I think it's important to talk about dynamics of relationships in general, right? But sometimes I want to talk about the fact that I hate my white boss. I want to talk about the fact that I think that we're on a floating planet. Does anybody not recognize that? Like we're floating, and I want to talk about my existential crisis. But sometimes, like, in our community, we don't acknowledge that stuff. It's like, oh, like, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the more, I'm finding, like, safe ways to introduce that. And the way to do that is by learning how to write better jokes. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, fall flat. It's like, I'm going to have a joke to follow it. So, like I said, I feel like another thing that plays into that also is the lack of representation in the community. But I think that as like time goes on, you represent a certain part of the community that people are going to be looking to identify with. Because like, I feel like there's like levels to like our Latinxness, right? Like sometimes you have like the super Dominican, like immigrant parents, like doesn't speak a lick of English. But then you have the kids that like are second and third generation that maybe didn't pick up Spanish as easily or didn't, you know, that, that you know, grew up in a more English speaking community, grew up in a more Americanized culture. And so they still identify with their Dominicanness, but they also have like all these other facets of them that, they're, that they, that they want to showcase. And so I think like, you're going to figure it out, like how to balance out like your Dominicanness with everything else that it is that that goes into like your comedy and and whatnot that because i'm so i just feel like oh my god like for i go latin like you know carbo right and that was a challenge for me as well because like the latin x community is so diverse and it's very like i had to write it with a partner that was mexican and peruvian to to balance out like the caribbean mm-hmm. and that's another thing like hollywood knows a lot of central american Latinos, but when it comes to Puerto Rican Dominicans, you know, their one point of representation is Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Look, I'm not. So it's like, there's a lot of work to do. And sometimes I think about it, like, like we said earlier, there's not a Dominican stand-up that I look at and I'm like, yo, that's, I look up to that Dominican stand-up. I want to be, like, I don't have a Dominican Dave Chappelle, right? There are people that I admire and I think they're doing a great job. But when it comes to that level of caliber of like legendary comedian, I don't have that representation. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like crazy to think that there's a big chance that I might be this Dominican legendary comedian. Yes. Like, Come I don't on, know. speak it into existence. Even like doing it now. And so like, sometimes like when you claim it, people are like, wow, that's true. Like, I don't think, like I had acts, like, I was being pretentious today for International Women's Day. I'm like, I'm gonna highlight my damn self. because Yes, I saw that post. I was like, come on, bitch. I- so hard. I am building opportunities for myself. I have, I am monkey barring survival. Like I went from like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was on March 13th today, 
Because I'm like in tears. I'm like, y'all about to get evicted. I don't got a job. Then it was like, I'm going to give you unemployment. I was like, okay. Then unemployment was going to run out. I was like, okay, what do I do? Contact somebody in marketing. Like, give me a job. You know, like I have been hustling and it's like, I had to recognize myself. And in the post, I was like, how many Dominican standards do you have? Yeah. Right. So keep talking shit because I'm the one and only. I'm about to be up there, you know? Yeah, fuck it up. So, but I, I still have, the, and you know, part of the reason, I think there's a lot of pain that happens. I always try to be, I always be like creators and comedy because we are, it comes from somewhere, right? There's a lot of pain that I've harbored from my own community. That's why I think it's hard sometimes to be like, okay, I'm about to tell you y'all little racist. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> but it's like, I, it's, it's a lot of pain that I've experienced from my own community, right? And it's like, since I was a little girl, like, and it's, it's interesting because it happens in my immediate family, which is kind of like weird because I'm like tying it back to like Archie. My dad is a white man and my mom is a more Trinidad woman. And I always felt like when it came to, not that anybody in my family was ever like, oh, she's brown, but it's like, I look different from y'all. Like anybody, like if you look at the, the optics of what a family looks like, I could look, I look adopted. So I always, it wasn't like anybody made me feel that way. I saw myself and I'm like, yo, like, I don't look like my sister. I don't look like my dad. Like, I barely look like my mom. People be like, oh, you look like your mom. I'm like, that's just trying to make me feel included, you know? Uh -huh. So it's like, there is a pain that is deep rooted within my own Dominicanness, even as an adult having to try to prove that I am Dominican. I'm like, oh my God, y'all gonna keep making me do this shit? So it comes from somewhere. And I think that when people think about pain, like, oh, what? like, I think a lot of people are like, okay, it looks like you have a great life on the internet because I lie. Why do you comedy? Because white people have let me down, because my own community has let me down, because men have been really mean to me and try to belittle me all of my dreams. Because I don't like to talk about the fact that I have been a survivor of many things. So I don't want to be branded as that. Because then you, you say one thing, like, okay, well, this girl, you know, but I've survived a lot of stuff, you know, domestic mm -hmm. abuse, a lot of other things. And it's like, this comes from a real place. I'm able to laugh about it now or like make a joke in a way where it's like, this has happened. And some people like don't, like when you say it on stage, you're like, is that real? Like, is she lying? But it's like, I'm forgiving myself. And it's like, whatever. So it comes from a real place. And I have been hurt by the Dominican community. I'm gonna write a book about it. But I still am proud. Like, I'm so proud. I love my culture. I want to make sure that I pass that on to my kids. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done within a lot of Latinx communities and probably even brown communities, POC. I'm sure like the things that we go through in Latinx um, experiences are probably similar things that the Asian American community goes yeah. through. And we don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not that deep and rooted because I wasn't born that way, but I'm sure that they have the same thing. Like it's like, I'm of a mixed identity. My parents have these traditions or whatever. So it's like, yeah. I can struggle, but I think I, I think a couple of, to highlight a couple of things that you said before asking the next question. First of all, you know it is extremely difficult to come into your own when first of all, comedy like the the mainstream comedy is a is a white dominant industry, right? Yeah. And so you have that going against you, and then you know like wonderful that the black community itself has such a strong stake in comedy that like 
they have space, right? Like they might not dominate in terms of financial and who's getting the best deals all the time. Yeah, Kevin Hart is one of the most paid comics. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, unless you know, white people love you so much that then you get these big time offers because you could be as funny as Monique and I mean the whole Netflix thing and the payment. Like, you know, we've seen it, we've seen it, right? And so, but then it's hard enough to then be part of a nuanced group within a certain community that has through their own issues that are not comedy things manifest in the way that you navigate that world. And suddenly you have to do just that. You have to think about how you're actively navigating because like Dominican Republic is one of the places that has the highest domestic violence rates in all of the Caribbean. Now we're not just talking about the next, right? You know, like there's a lot of anti-woman sentiment that is ingrained in our culture. And sometimes not even with the intention of hate from the people who are practicing it, but it is just so part of our culture that I, you know, as you're speaking, I'm like, yeah, it's also important for you as you continue to flesh out how much more of your personal story gets into the comedy that you recognize that like even even comedy is an act of like political resilience right like even comedy and so the more that you share those stories and by the way what you share already does so much for so many girls and and women who don't have space to even be at the level that you're at of mm -hmm. openness let alone where you can go if right. you continue right but that's important and you're absolutely right if you told me name five dominican uh comics i'm naming instagram people you know what i mean and like and you're on the list and that's that and so we have to be able to to recognize that there's bullshit that we got to walk over but that it's just bullshit and the fact that you're walking is radical and i 100 percent believe and know that like when we talk about dominican comedy history your name is always going to be brought up because even yes, if I have to, exactly. to write the book myself. Because you're out here doing the work, not just like trying to get onto other people's shows and buttering up to other comics so they can put you on to shit. You are out here producing things. You are out here doing communal work that actually outshines this, oh, I went to, to the Grizzly Pear or these other little fucking spots and got a little, you know, like there's so many. Stay to the comic for a little bit. I know. <laughs> I know. We can talk about that offline because you know who they are. Um, you know. <laughs> they dated them too. <laughs> I want to. I do want to talk about the political part, right? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that your creativity is an act of of pop, like being some kind of like leader, right? And I'm just too. I don't want to be into politics. I don't want to have to have the burden of, you know, something like Meghan Markle having to speak out against that. But if I, I always think of my comedy as a chosen horse and that's what I want to do when I get good. I want to get in the building, you know, we laughing and they say some real shit and then leave. And it's like, you won't even know it because you weren't expecting it. And I, I do hope when I get better that I'm able to really talk about machismo candidly and about like racism within the Dominican community more can't and just like really like you won't even know what I'm talking to you about it. And it's like wow, that's how good she is. She yeah. puts me into changing my life. Yeah, I love that. That's very Dave Chappelle-ish. I feel like he does that in a very beautiful way. And I absolutely think that you have the capability of that storytelling. Again, you already do. Like you already are doing that work and the subtleties are there for those you putting shit down, whether or not people are picking it up is their business, but you definitely put a shit down. Uh -huh. I think Nasta's picking it up. I was like, how the fuck did y'all find me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Talk. Like people do talk and they, especially like when they see like, oh, I actually don't know another person that does it. This is the only person I know. Put my name mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. 
Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so what would be some advice that you have for other Black women who are looking to ex to explore their comedic expressions, whether it is stand up, skits on Instagram, whatever the case is? I think one of the most amazing things that comedy has taught me is self validation. I think mm -hmm. a lot of the things that we do in life are in some way tied to external validation. But once you accept everything and you forgive, you have to forgive, you have to really sit there and be like, you know what, bitch, we fucked up. We made a mistake. And I have to, you have to, I think that's like what people are doing. They're healing, but you have to really forgive yourself. And when you put something out, make sure it's something that you're, you're done with. So that when people talk about it or criticize it, it doesn't bother me. I've already dealt with that because I already said and did the work. You can deal and project whatever you want to project onto it, but that that's not a person that I am anymore. And yeah. I hope that it does help somebody else. So I think that my advice is to be so confident that nothing that anybody tells you fucks because people don't fuck with you. When I was yeah. starting, people were like, you're not a comic. Look at this leg. Who the fuck named you the legend? I'm like, but you bothered. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Joke. It was a joke, but you're taking this thing real serious. Right. Right. So just like validate yourself and have fun. Like my thing is like part of the reason why the legendary brand came up, it wasn't just to be obnoxious on purpose, which is part of my brand. But I was um I was really sitting, I've had a lot of I talk about existential crisis a lot. Cause I when I was um at my late 20, 28, 29, I was having my Saturn return. When you start realizing mortality is a real thing, yeah. like oh my god, you know. And I was just like, yo, if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna do the most embarrassing thing that there could be on earth, which is to get up in front of people, I have to be the best. And I think that's something that's in, ingrained in every like black or brown person is if you're gonna do something, to be the best at that thing, janitor, whatever. So I'm like, I gotta be a legend. Yeah. There's no other option. So it's like. I, I forgot how I got there, but the point of the story is that you have to just believe in yourself more than anybody else. And even when you don't believe in yourself, you better have some good ass friends that remind you. You yes. better pick your friends good. Because mm -hmm. if you get the wrong people in life, you're gonna go down the wrong path. Like I can say that, you know, sometimes, and I'm sure this happens in your friendship as well. We have days when one of us is up and the other one's mm -hmm. not so good. And the other one be like, bitch, you better get the fuck up. That's not my friend. Get the fuck up right now. You know, and it's like, I have this in all my friends. Like, I really look up to my friends. Like, I think that they are amazing women. And I'm like, yo, like, I'm honored that we're creating legacy together. Like, I always think about the fact that it's like one day, 20 years from now, there's gonna be a picture of the three of us and they were friends, like these Dominican comedians. So I'm like, I think it's important to also, and I think a lot of black women struggle with finding good friends. Right. I think because we haven't been good friends or other people haven't been good friends to us, but when you're gonna go into your hustler shit, you need to have good friends around you. Yep. Now that same mix, but whatever that means, friendship, you need to make sure you're on the same page about that shit. Mm -hmm. Cause everybody has different, it's like a relationship. Yep, 100%. I love that advice. I love that advice. It is crucial. It's crucial, not just in comedy, in life, by the way. So right. if you're listening and you're not a comic, you should probably still take this fucking advice. Yeah. Because you have to you have to move with your self-confidence. And, you know, I just want to give you your flowers again, Glory. You're out here. You're doing the work. I mean, I met you. You coming into my space at WeWork being like, yeah, I'm helping to curate this Harlem Festival. Energy. Uh, you know? That day I had energy. I'm like, who is the manager? It is um, I work here. I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a panel with Bob Sumner, the creator 
of Deaf Comedy Jam. <laughs> no, and it, and it, and it, honestly, like I think that just like to have seen you, to have gotten to meet you, not not through like Instagram and the social shit, but mm-hmm. actually having a, a business moment and then sort of peeking in and being like, oh, okay, this woman is is a powerhouse. Like, wait a minute, right? Because I knew the other person who you were producing with because they had done it in the space before. But then I was like, where was she last year? Like, this is the this is the one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, you're yeah. like, I don't know. I'm really annoying to work with. I will let you know because I'm very particular. I get a little better, but I'm like, if you're doing a production, because I come from this like marketing background, right? And it's like, I already, like, whenever I put something out, I want it to be brand first. Like, I want it to be like, I'm already on HBO. HBO said this was on their show. They just haven't published it yet. That's how I put things out. Like, they just haven't got to it yet. Yeah. And that's the right, and that again, it goes back to your your piece of advice. It's that confidence, right? Mm-hmm. It's that you can't become a legend if you're not ready to claim the legendary shit, right? So if you're not thinking it, legendary doesn't fall on your lap. Legendary mm-hmm. is, is is work, and in another word you use, it's legacy. It's legacy work. It's exactly. I'm doing this now, but I understand the ripple of the legacy, right? And to be honest, at first I was gonna go with Beyonce of comedy, but somebody already had that. So I was like, what, if, what makes Beyonce great? It's like, she's, li- she's a living legend. Like she mm-hmm. creates, everything she's creating is gonna have so much value for years to come. And it's like, it comes, it really comes from work ethic and anybody could be a legend. Like it's not just towards comedy or anything. It's like anybody could be a legend. Like you do things with intention. Yeah. Your, Cause what we call, we build legacies for the babies or whoever else is coming. Right. A hundred percent. Well, girl, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the on Ladies Who Bronche, for your ongoing support of Ladies Who Bronche. Know that we are here to support you and your comedy. I can't wait. Like, you could shoot, shoot me a virtual link if you're doing virtual shows, but I can't wait to see you live again soon, um, as soon as the world opens up. For everybody listening, this bitch is funny. <laughs> the business, she's really funny um and i i just think that it is so important that we start to get off platform and support people in person because it's not just showing likes on ig when the world right. opens up you know i am ready to be sitting in these chairs to be clapping. That's what I, want. I want everybody in the chairs it's so much better life is so yeah. much better off the internet it's great like you can't take away what people do on the internet like it's a lot of work even absolutely on the other side like doing these stupid lights i'm like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing but you have to like people are talented in different ways but it's it's nice to experience life like art in person and intimate like that's how you get shit that's life-changing you know Absolutely. And you out here, you're going to change some lives, girl. I can't wait until we interview you again down the line, right? Oh, Where Ladies Who Broche is full flesh, like on TV type oh, shit, and you're on TV, and it's a piece of tissue shit. Ladies Who Broche, I was like, okay, talking, okay, talking points, segments, transition. Okay. HBO ready. HBO I was, ready. I was literally about to say, well, I'm going to be HBO ready too, sis. Exactly. <laughs> Your brand. It's the brand. Hey, they're gonna call. Yeah. We we you'll see soon, soon. So Glory, uh, tell us any shout outs you have, any up and coming things that we can look out for, just general last comments. Um, the Latino card vote game, I wrote it a while ago. It's getting some buzz. Y'all need to buy that. It's all over Clubhouse. Somebody started a clubhouse with like the cards. I'm like, wait, oh my god, y'all can hear my 
like so it was really dope i was like able to speak about that i am writing a book it's about afro-latinidad it's coming out sometime in my lifetime but it's gonna come yeah, right. i just want you not to be mad at me when i say some shit because i just think that we all have i'm being honest don't be mad it's coming from my personal experience so i just you know it is what it is. You said what the fuck you said, and that's what you gonna publish. And I, yeah, I'm like, I hope because we we all have different, like we all come into it at different points, but we'll see what happens. And nothing. I'm on Instagram, Kudelis Mora. I'm Twitter. I'm not never on Twitter like that. And um, just support me when the when the world opens back up. Yes, a hundred percent. Skittles. Where can they find us? Yes, y'all can all find us at Ladies Who Brunch on Instagram, Ladies Brunch on Twitter. Um, ladies who brunch on Facebook, ladies who brunch on YouTube, <laughs> at Julissa with an H on Instagram, and at The Real Skittles with a Z on Instagram. Yes, yes. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and until next time, brunch it.